Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakiryu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of July 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And that's it. It's another Dos Compadres episode. It's, it's been a while that all three of us are here now. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, it's one of those things where it's like uh, things keep, coming up uh, unfortunately luna's uh, not a little under the weather this week but, yeah uh, we hope she gets to feeling better soon I mean, it made it sound like she was dying to be honest <laughs> i mean she makes it sound like she's dying so oh i mean even her husband was kind of just like yeah she just like passed out on the couch i, I can't move her <laughs> yeah but regardless what you've been what you've been doing as of late and what you've been listening to Oh, yeah, no, uh, I've been listening to a lot of what I talked about the last time. I'm still kind of hung up on some stuff uh, that I've been listening to. Uh, I, I talked about this with Luna, but I, I've been really enjoying Psychic Fever from Exile Tribe. Like, they they had their first album released the other week. Which, which Exile uh, Tribe? <laughs> Psychic Fever. Oh, Psychic Fever, that's the name of the... Uh, is that the new one? That I think it's the new one. Uh, it's There's, man, the Exile Tribe is getting so big. It's their second single. I remember covering their debut, but I think this is their first album I as see. a whole because uh, it's called Psychic File One. See, and, and you so, know, well, they only should call it one if they're going to continue it with two. I mean, like, <laughs> like for example, like I'm very, I'm very happy of how Yuri. Um, music corner alum Yuri is doing his album because his first album was Ichi and then he released an, an album this this past month and it's called Ni <laughs> granted the kanjis for Ichi and Ni are so out of this world weird that no proper person would ever use it but it is what it is but the fact that he called it Ni is very nice because that means it's the second album and I'm hopefully thinking that they should continue it when they when he does his third when he does San <laughs> But it is that, that it would is. be cool, yeah. Well, and don't don't the Johnnies do that? Like, isn't doesn't Snowman with their? It's S one uh, and S two, but I think they changed it with their last one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't had a chance to look it up, but yeah, uh, I, like I've been really enjoying Psychic Fever, uh, or yeah, Psychic Fever, and uh, like they're they're like one of the newer ones. Uh, the Psychic File one's really good. Uh, Baku Baku is the first song on the album. It's just seven tracks. Uh, it's I don't, I don't it's, it might be just a mini album, really. But uh, I, I I like this a lot. Highlights is all right. It's like the one track I can kind of do without. Uh, but the other six I really like, and it, I talked about forever. I think back in March because uh, that's when that dropped, and it was really good. And it's the last track on this. Uh, but I, I've been I've been loving Baku Baku. It's been a lot of fun to just kind of listen to that and, and stuff like that. And so I've been really enjoying Psychic Fever uh, as as they get going. Uh, uh, Kira Takano uh, he dropped he's dropped his latest single uh, Zone, uh, which is a lot of fun. Been really really digging that. Uh, the Beat Garden has dropped a new album called Bell, and it's really good. Uh, I really love the opening track on it too. Start over is really really good. 
uh, and it was nice. It was really nice. Uh, one thing, one thing, it, it actually I happened. I got an actual notification on my phone today. My phone buzzed, and they were like, "Hey, Generations has a new single out. Would you like to listen to it?" I was like, "Would I like to listen to it?" Yes, I would. And so I, I did listen to that today, and it was fantastic. It's um, Minota, I think is how you pronounce that. And it's, uh, or, uh, Minanota, Minanota. And it, it's really good. I, I like it. I, I like it quite a lot. So, uh, I, I've been enjoying that. And uh, I was also listening to, because I, I kind of rediscovered Ice ice Cream. I know Luna's a fan of them, uh, and we covered them last year, their Music Corner alum. I rediscovered them last year, and um, earlier today I was listening to their uh, I Special Edition album, and I've really been digging that too. Uh, and I have dis- recently discovered a guy... Uh, and again, this is someone I talked about last time, but I've, I've really been loving him. Uh, his name is Kenya Fujita. Um, he's somebody I'm keeping a close eye on for Music Corner because uh, I wanted I wanted to cover him for Music Corner, but he doesn't have an album out yet. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting for him to drop an album. Um, but his single Mask in Love is fantastic, and I, I really like it. Uh, he's got a really good like 90s R&B style, uh, and I, I absolutely love it. And um, I was he was one of the people I was kind of considering for Music Corner, but like I said, until he drops an album, I'm going to wait. Uh, but um, still, I'm not going to wait uh, until he drops an album to say, go check him out, because he's fantastic. But... Uh, other than that, that's pretty much what I've been listening to as of late. Nothing too crazy, nothing too drastic from last time. Uh, my good sir, you, you had a wonderful trip. Um, what 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 sounds and sights did you get to hear and listen to while you were while you were? Well, let, let let's say let's say this much. No spoilers here, but f- one of the songs on the Oricon is just taken over Japan as of right now, and, and it's 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 Idol, and I've I've talked about this a while now. Uh, Yasobi's Idol song, and it, and I think it's just a culmination of what they're trying to do right now, and what the the part of what the anime that it's part of. I think it's Oshinoko. Um, the combinations of those two things together has really dominated the the social media zeitgeist in terms of dance and stuff like that and it's very interesting to see that in a public space because of the fact of how popular it ended up becoming so i've been hearing a lot of that all around me um when i'm not in akiba for the most part uh, i was in shinjuku for their uh tower record stuff and honestly i just missed this but asian kung fu generation did a a remake version of their surf bungaku kamakura album which is an album that they did way back when about almost 10 years now and if you don't know the significance of this album uh it's very interesting because originally when they made it because the, I believe the the origins was they were living in Kamakura at this time, and when they were 
using the Kamakura line as a sort of inspiration for all their songs. So everything in that Kamakura line had all the stations had a a track. And they added a couple more songs to represent the more modern version of that line now. And they redid a lot of their songs from that album as well. So there's a couple of things where uh, the songs is a little bit more uppity or a little bit more more complicated than it was originally than it was first released back then and I, I really appreciate it and it's always good to see Asian Kung Fu Generation have a release release so especially because of the fact that you know we might not know when the next time they might not have a, a, a final release or not they're getting up in that age where yeah they could hang it up eventually so yeah the I mean Prior to this latest release, when was their last release? They they released an album last year, um, but oh, okay, so they're they're but, keeping I mean, they're right. keeping they're keeping busy. But the thing is, you know, you don't know when. The, like between Planet Folks, which is the the album that I was talking to last year, and the album before that, it was Hometown. It was two thousand eighteen, but. Asian Kung Fu Generation always kind of does this where they release an album, an album or two, and then they kind of go silent where they do their own projects. And and, and Gauto, the, the lead singer for Asian Kung Fu Generation, he has his hands in a lot of pots in regarding with the rock in the Japanese music industry. I mean, you know, at this point, we have bands that were modeled after Asian Kung Fu Generation at this point, comparatively so, and have their inspiration from them because just how big they were as a foothold in the Japanese rock scene for that much now. And when back then, when they were when Asian Kung Fu Generations themselves were just a huge uh, amalgamation of Weezer style of music, well, '90s Weezers anyway. <laughs> But, you know, aside from that, I've been listening to a whole bunch of things here. I was listening to Viva Ola with their new release called Give, Give Mine. It's also really good. Uh, also, Tokimiki Records. Tokimiki Records is absolutely fantastic. So you have that. Uh, one of the things that I honestly had an awakening when I was there was... So I ended up really liking twice and then La Seraphim. I've been I've been really following and been really impressed of the the re- latest releases that both groups has been been doing. So actually I've been kind of following what Twice has been doing with their their world tour and any new songs that they are dropping from that and I've been actually really really surprised about the the reception of their new releases. And then La Seraphim, La Seraphim, you know, they're going to have their second... They just released their first Korean album a while back, I believe, like a month or two ago. And now they're going to release their second Japanese single, which is going to be Unforgiven. And I'm pretty sure that's going to do very, very well. And we'll see it in the charts, possibly. I'm very interested in how you would like that particular song. Because there are parts... You know, for for Le Seraphim, it's very interesting to kind of pick them and kind of compare them to how Twice and other Korean girl artists is are doing their sound because everyone is playing going up against Twice and Blackpink at this point. They're they're the two new hotness of 
of styles where you either go really hard with the dance style or you go very poppy with and and the traditional k-pop style with twice it's very interesting to see how la seraphim is kind of doing a little bit of both without kind of overstepping each other's bounds they have they have a style that while i know certain parts of the tracks that i could care less for but their vocal range and their vocal presence is very very resounding and i ended up really really liking what i'm hearing from them and that's the only reason why i'm kind of just like kind of keeping my eye on what they're going to do for the market um it also does really help that they have a former akb 48 member or hkt 48 member in la seraphim which is sakura she's the, the japanese one uh, the Japanese representative. I mean, they have another one. I think her, her name is Kazuha as well for the Japanese side as a representative. But it's it's very interesting to kind of see how, you know, you were in the 48 system and then you went to Is One because of uh, Project 48. And Is One did fine for what it was and then they broke apart. And now, instead of going back to the 48 system, you go back and do a new Korean group. I, I would love to have a sit-down interview to kind of just be like, what makes you choose the Korean market compared to the 48 idol system? It's it's a very interesting tell to kind of look in perspective of how why, what, why she did what she did. And I, I would love to have a sit-down interview with that. That that would be a very interesting story because from my my perspective as kind of like an outsider looking in, uh, I do know that the Korean market gets more reach typically, especially if you're looking uh, to breach you know international markets. But at the same time, it seems way more cutthroat. Oh yeah, than no, what I, the Japanese I, I, market is. I would think it's a little bit much more strict. Hell, I mean, like. like I'm pretty sure Luna would agree with this saying. A lot of groups want to escape the Japanese market because of the fact that the Japanese market is such much more nicer in terms of how they produce their idol music, comparatively so. So, it's very interesting that Sakura did the way she did. Granted, I mean, she could be getting more money comparative than what she's getting from the 48 system. And the fact that, you know, hey, you're part of something that, you know, it, at the end all be all is one is probably one of the things that is going to be remembered as one of the first major groups that had a joint collaboration between Japan and Korea. It's going to be remembered as that as as much as you know we kind of roll our eyes of their releases it's going to be remembered as that and for her to be a part of that history and to continue on to to the korean market side it's 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 a very interesting thought to think of of how, how did you get here kind of thing <laughs> Yeah, no, that is definitely a very interesting progression, and uh, one you don't really see a whole lot of, so it would be very interesting to kind of see her thought process and, you know, why she's making the decisions that she's making. Yeah, because, you know, when she was with this one, uh, she was still technically part of HK248, and that was the whole co um, collaboration part, is that I believe the 48 members were supposed to be in that Korean group, and then when she quit... 
or when her contract expired for his one, uh, she shortly announced her graduation from the 48 system soon after. That's why I was like digging into what La Seraphim has been doing. Is it's it's been a very interesting dig process in terms of the music side. So I like I said, I, I would like to have Luna on for this conversation because I think it is a very interesting topic on both sides. And honestly, I would want to find someone to do the K pop side of this because I we don't know. We honestly we don't know. I don't know the Korean market as much as I should and I know Luna doesn't know the Korean market as much as um we should as well and i know from you you just said you're an outsider looking in at this market so uh, yeah no that's definitely a fair point so uh and i it would be interesting to get luna's perspective on on this most definitely yeah but regardless i mean i mean i've been listening to a whole hodgepodge of things here i mean uh Harano the lover has been an absolutely amazing track iron off of that has been really really good i was also like I said earlier, I was listening to Yuri as well with the Knee album. Christmas Eve is really, really good. I would highly recommend that. The Day We Became Eternal Lover and then Not Lovers has is really, really good as well. Frontline featuring Bak and Yoko is also really, really good as well. Highly recommend that. And just a couple odd things here and there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was listening to the... <laughs> bunny girl senpai song again because during that time i was there the movie was out and i went to go see the movie so that was on my mind for a bit um but random things here and there like i said a lot of people are very surprised at my music range let's just say that much <laughs> but regardless with that let's continue on to the Oracan here and this month was I'm, I'm just gonna say it was Johnny's month <laughs> it's, it's literally Johnny's it, it month. was and it, it I was know, it, I, I know it's a back and or a part two or a, a, a baton pass of what you guys were talking about last last episode of how just Johnny is dominating the market specifically King and Prince and I, I mean you guys already reported it probably of how well Nani Mono did and it it's it's number one I mean spoilers there it's number one for a reason and while we might ha we'll have some thoughts about it later but it's it's a release that shows that King and Prince is fully in charge of the market and is the rightful successor to what Adashi is right now yeah, yeah, and I mean, not only is like Johnny's just like dominating the charts, like especially groups like Stones and King and Prince. I mean, they've really just turned into money printers at this point uh, for Johnny's. I mean, just like they 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 very consistently get amazing numbers. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, not only just them. I mean, Stones as well, and Snowman, and then to a point. Nani uh, Niwadanchi. I I haven't been came, been keeping close attention to them, but I know they've been selling well as well. And this, you know, along with Johnny's West. I mean, we'll we'll talk about them in a minute. You know, that new batch of juniors that Johnny has to kind of take over. You know, the old guard here is doing doing very well, and I I'd say this is Johnny's resurgence allegations aside and i know 
I know we should talk about it eventually. It, you know, it, it's a thing that we've been dancing around with with Johnny's and their allegations as of late. But it's it's a thing that we'll have to sit down and I think all three of us should talk about it eventually. There's enough information out that we can kind of make our own nice judgment about it at this point. So, but regardless, let's continue on to number ten here, and it is. I know que damono and da sose by anger me, and you know I mean this is the first release of the year, and to to at least make the charts here, and I don't know anger me has kind of lost their shine of what they've been doing as of late, and I think I've been feeling this way for a while now for a lot of the. The Hello Project groups, and where, yeah, I mean, it's a nice idol song, but the thing is, there's nothing more about it that led them to be like, yeah, I'm gonna release this this song. Why why should I release this song instead of just, yeah, it's an idol song kind of thing, just to throw out there. Yeah, no, this whole release uh, to me felt really safe. If that makes any sense, like, yeah, uh, it's very. I think it's a phrase we use a, a lot of the times, but I think it's applicable here. And, you know, it's by the numbers. I, there's nothing really that stands out uh, by this release or anything of it. And, and you know, Anger Me is, is really good, but I think Ken's right in his assessment with Hello Project. It seems like the past couple of releases that Hello Project has had has been lackluster uh, and kind of just in the in the space so to speak I, you know to make number 10 on the monthly is impressive but at the same time it's like well you know they they they, they had much better stuff a year ago uh and you never want to go backwards but uh you know we'll, we'll see what they do from here but um I know que da mono and um, doso se is all right uh, as a whole. I, like, it's hard to talk about both tracks because both of them, for me personally, were meh. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just think, kind of forgettable, to be honest. Yeah, they, they really are. So, uh, it's, it's, it's this one was a little disappointing for me. Uh, and, and I, I say that as a as a person that likes anger me you know I, I you know I'm excited when I see them and for them to have a lackluster release is disappointing and you know yeah. hopefully you know they'll turn it around but I, it seems like hello project as a whole is in a slump so maybe maybe it's the producers or something over there. well I mean let's let's just say this much you know idol for, for for female idols I should say this much female idols as a whole has been on a a downward trajectory as of like I think we're going into our second our third recession in female idols that that we're witnessing right here now where there's not there's no freshness in the market nothing is is fresh to revitalize that thing and everyone's just playing it safe at this point just to get that money share and you know i get it it is what it is it's hard to make music i, I mean hell we're just technically we're just critics here just yelling at the moon but 
it's hard to see this while you know you talk about even 10 years ago 10 10 20 years ago at this point where akb was at its top akb was selling a mill instantly every single it's hard to see that the fall from grace from both sides i mean even even while akb was dropping hello project was on the upswing again and we got to see that live and right in front of us with all their groups and now it's 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 getting to the point that female idol groups are dime a dozen now and nothing is really shaking that market up anymore i i I will agree with you to some extent but i do think there is a little shake up in the market when you can when you factor in uh girl korean groups uh Uh, they seem to be outperforming no but i mean just in the japanese market alone for japan for japan japan oh that's true if I'm if I'm saying if I if I were to bring Korean into this mix, it's it's like fucking it's it's like David and Goliath at this point of how how monstrous the Korean idol group scene has become, and it wasn't like it was like it was somewhat like this back I want to say ten years ago, but it's not like how it is now where everyone and their mother knows a a a, a specific Korean group at this point. How BTS is like that, twice, Blackpink. Uh, there are people that I know had no consolation of what probably foreign music was when I was in high school. Or being like, yeah, I went to the Blackpink concert. It's, I, like I said, also seeing stuff like that being sold in a Target is also an amazing thing. But it, it is what it is. But before we kind of go off the rails here... Uh, I know K Damono and Do Sose sold a wonderful 46,553 copies this month. And going on up to number 9, it is Idol by Yasobi. Now, I, I know what to expect from this particular song. And it, for me... It is a nice shakeup from what they've been usually doing and embrace it. The thing is, Yasobi has been kind of on this edge of being like, oh, we're going to be a a nice pop duo group of electronica and stuff like that. But they were kind of on the bridge edge of what style that they want to do. The only thing that I've really liked about this song is the fact that Idol kind of goes full force on the idol side of it granted it does have its yao sobi isms and has a little bit of electronic and digital stuff in it but idols specifically kind of full forces into the idol range and that's one thing that i can appreciate from this particular release now i know you have your concerns with yao sobi (laughs) And they they've been a group uh, they've been a duo that honestly you just never saw the correlation to. So how did you feel about Idol? Yeah, y- Yasobi's man, they're a group. Uh, they're a duo duo. I-, I really wish I liked more than what I do. Uh, they-, they do have like one song, and when they first started really making the scene, I was kind of intrigued by them. But just the more I hear Yasobi, just the less and less I like. Uh I didn't care much for Idol as a whole. I, I think if I was watching the anime 
and had more of a personal attachment to the anime, I would like this song. I say that, but Yasobi did the opening for Witch from Mercury, and I don't care much for that opening at all, and I, I heard it every episode on that one. So, I don't know. It's all right. Uh, it is different from Yasobi. This definitely does shake up the Yasobi formula a little bit. It does sound a, quite a bit different than what they typically put out, which is nice, but... I don't know. There's an abrasiveness to this song that I find unappealing. No, but that's just... that's the point. That's the point of the song. Yeah. That's the point of the song. That it's supposed to be of idol culture and abrasiveness. That's the point of the song. <laughs> well, and and I get that, but I don't like it. <laughs> so it's like, well, that's just like it. Like the point of the song is I don't like it. <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't, it's it's weird. I'm in that awkward phase. It's like. Mm. Oh, yeah, the, the uh, thing I, I, the thing is, I honestly thought this would be the song that you would have liked the most because it is more idled. It's more idol-like. And the fact that it sounds like a song that I could hear from 48 Systems. I mean, granted, the electronica bit aside, the vocal-wise part of it is very idol-like and to the point that I could see this as a standard female idol group. It's It's... It's, it's fairly sound like that style. And I figured that you would have at, le at least appreciate that part. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is nice to get like a idol style vocals. It, it is. Uh, but I just, I, just... The song as a whole just doesn't work for, for me personally. So mm. I just... I also, yeah. I also think that the, the part of it for the the dancing part because a, a, a lot of this particular part of the song that makes its way onto socials is because of the dance that's a part of it because it's part of an idol anime of course there's going to be a dance and the thing is what you also be doing this particular song live it, it it they do this song live a lot they and they perform it a lot and it's very interesting to kind of see it live and how you know with with Yasobi, it's it's very interesting for them to do live stuff because they were they they were very shy of their physical personas for a while now, and only until I think the Kohaku where they really started to embrace the fact that this they they are going to be they have to show up physically and show up in a a physical space, not just be a voice kind of thing. I'll tell you this much, Gray. I, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this shows up in Kohaku. So you're gonna have to live with the song just a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, you know, if, if they do it at the Kohaku, you know, it, it'll be different. And there's there's been a few times where you know they'll do a song at the Kohaku I don't like, but I'll like the performance or I'll, I'll like an aspect of it and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, the 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 gray that listens to the Kohaku could be a different gray that's sitting here and talking to you today and actually like that song. So No, I don't uh, I don't I don't believe that at all. You've, <laughs> you've been not liking Yasori for three years yeah. now and that hasn't really changed. Yeah. No matter how different their style and the you know, the thing is as much gripe as we give Yasobi for not changing their style, if you were to pick the Yasobi now compared to when they just did Yodu ni Kakeru and were just abracing that style, they're two different or they're two different duos at this point. 
Yeah, you're you're correct in your evaluation of it. Uh, they definitely are two different groups or two different duos, but you, you, it's, it, you know, it, 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 when they debuted and when they were growing big, and you know, we were talking about, you know, like eventually they're going to move in a direction, and and the direction that they moved in, that they've grown into, for for better or worse, is a direction that just personally I don't find appealing. So, <laughs> but you know the thing but is, like they're they're I, popular, and they're, so yeah. you know the thing is that kudos to them. I it, it gets to the point that you know what you say about one one of the things that I've always kept in the back of my mind that I've and I don't mean this to 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 call you out about this particular point that you make, but it it always came out to me that you know when you were talking about particularly when certain groups go more towards the dance style. I remember you specifically saying, then what makes K-pop or J-pop J-pop at this point? Honestly, Yasobi's it. They're that, they're that embodiment of what J-pop is now, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, and that uniqueness that they have is probably one of the reasons why they're so popular. And it, it's very interesting to kind of see it that way. And to be like, when you just said, like, even though the the group that they, end, or the duo that they ended up growing up to is, is something that you ended up not liking. It's very interesting to be like, oh, well, you know, the thing is, they give that uniqueness of what makes J-pop J-pop at this point in time. And it's very interesting to kind of see that happen in real time especially with their debut i mean how when we started this podcast they weren't even a thing and we've seen them grow into this major duo group and it's very interesting to watch right in front of our eyes yeah yasubi's really turned into a force and you know it's one of those things that uh they they show up all the time. There's a couple of groups who, that we we talk about with a mild amount of frequency that I, I don't care a whole lot for. Uh, but I keep hoping in the back of my mind and with you know each new release, like you know my my things are going to turn around and change because you, you know there, there's a little bit of it's it's not always pleasant to kind of be on like. Well, you know, this mega popular group that we're having to talk about for the 90th time made a release and I didn't like it again. And so it's like, you know, that's never really a fun part of the job. But, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I came and lied. So I got to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, but like, like I, I, I always hope I like the next song. I really do. That, that's a genuine from the heart. I genuinely hope the next y'all. So I, I genuinely hope I love it. it just. It's just, it's just not clicked yet for reasons, and uh, I. I mean, also, one day say, it could turn you, around. You say the same thing for Kenshi too. Kenshi, it's it's very interesting of how you handle Kenshi as well. <laughs> yeah, because he's he and he too, he was the other another, one of the other artists that was in my mind when I made that statement because it's like it's like I. And I will always admit that dude is a an, probably the best current composer in Japanese music. I, I, It's hard for me to name someone 
that he cannot outdo. Just like that man is a brilliant composer. Just he also just really has like this wild hair that he loves to just pull at. And when he does, it just like he leaves me in the dust and I'm like, eh, I don't like that. But when he comes back and, and, and like he, he always, you know, every once in a blue moon, he will do something that I genuinely love. Like his la his song Lady that he just released about a month or two ago. I love that track and I think it's good. I think that's, you know, personally, it's one of my favorite songs that he's done in a few years. So I, I liked it. But and, and to be honest, I thought it was just all right. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. There you go. When when Kenshi plays it safe, I I, I like it and stuff. It's yeah, just, no, that yeah. but that's the that that also brings another thing too. Do you think artists should be playing it safe at this point with with how no. their styles? They they should no. be continuing what they're doing though, right? <laughs> that they, they 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 should always you know they should be growing uh, and always striving strike new territory and stuff I like mean, that I mean I mean hell we're going to get to a group in about two acts from now two or three acts from now that I know even though they do something outlandish even though it's not for me I know it's for someone <laughs> Yeah uh actually actually we'll we'll talk about it but yeah you, you know Navigating the the current landscape is definitely interesting. You know, I'm always here, and and you know, I always keep an open mind and stuff like that. And you know, as we've done the show, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to you know where we, where I started, where I am today, it was like my taste has really evolved and changed, stuff like that. There's things that I didn't like two years ago, I really like now. So you know. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just say this much like for, for me watching your your progress because i've seen it in in real time here your your net just got bigger <laughs> your net just got bigger and because originally you were you were really hard on on the anime groups i mean and you still kind of are at at a certain point but you, you out kind of grew that and you kind of went into a bigger net so and i really appreciate that to be honest <laughs> yeah it makes it makes your job easier most definitely but yeah because you know like i said it's like you know uh you know i like being positive um positive guy by nature uh I, I like trying to find like the good in a lot of things and so you know it's, it's always it's it always stinks and you're just like like man i didn't like that uh so and like I said, I liked Yoruni Kakeru by by Yalsobi, You know, back when you know when they were good. I didn't like it at first. It kind of grew on me for a while, but I mean, because it uh, kept on being pounded into you for like yeah, weeks on it. Like, <laughs> it. It was still one of those tracks where I I slowly grew to like it because it was just like you could not dig your head under. And, but I will say, I never quite understood the popularity of that track. Mm. To this day, even though I eventually did grow to like it, I still never quite understood why that caught on and it's, why Yalsobi is a thing. I, it's the composition. I, I, I kind of get it. It's the yeah. composition, to be honest. And I mean, you, you know, Ayase as a vocalist is all right to be. It, she's she's the dime a dozen vocalist to be perfectly freaking honest here but it's the compositions that really drive that point home for them and that's one of the things that makes Yao be fairly unique in my personal opinion is because of that composition 
and the fact that you know it was meme to death of like oh this song is so high high energy and very positively charged composition but it could be like a song about like death and suicide and 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 stuff like that not to be dark and the subject matter here but the fact that and you don't see that anywhere else except japanese music to be honest yeah the the japanese got that market cornered pretty well yeah and and the fact that you know and you know we got on yao sobi's case for a while when they were when we were doing the digital side here where they would release a song and you know they they would be trying to chase the cloud of yorini kakeru and it, it got really old really fast but they they really have grown from when they first started releasing stuff like that to now so i, I appreciate that they're experimenting a whole lot more and that's the only reason why I've, i ended up liking idol as much as i did but before we kind of make this into the Yao Sobi podcast, let's kind of continue on here. You know, Idol sold very, very well. You know, 40,000, uh, 49,385 copies. Now, if we were doing digital, I think this barometer would be much more higher. And it's because of the bane of what Yao Sobi is, because they are more of a digital creator artist compared to a physical sale artist. But it is what it is. But. Let's continue on to number eight here. It is Doshitemo Kimi ga Skida by AKB48. Now, I think originally you missed the episode that this was originally on. Uh, I guess I did because I thought this was a brand new release, but it was not. It was it was it released it, April. it released back in April and it it showed up on the charts in May. So yeah, I was out that episode. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that changes a little bit what I was going to say. Because, <laughs> uh, I was like, man, for a new release, like, AKB48 really has dropped the ball. <laughs> like, these numbers are not good. Uh, but as a uh, recurring release, okay, it, it puts it in much better perspective. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a very interesting release. I did not love it. Uh, to say the least, I didn't have the plus sign on it. I'll second uh, that. <laughs> I'll second yeah, that <laughs> like I did not hit the plus sign on this at all. It's all right, I guess. I it the, the one thought that I had when I was listening to it was, well, I don't hate this. I kind of like it. I don't know if I'd listen to it again, but <laughs> it's uh, it, it's kind of neutral there. And I actually felt that way. It's about. Every, almost every release and uh, every track on this release because it's the special edition it's got six tracks and I thought all of them were alright I guess Wonderland I think was probably the most standout track of them all that one had a much different sound to it but the rest of them I was like well it's alright I, I don't hate it but I, I'm not loving it either. It, it's very much generic idol. I, like I, I think it's almost textbook generic idol at that point. I mean, it gets home. it gets to the point that AKB is just is literally was at one point in time revitalizing the idol market. Has now become the bearer of just like yeah, this is if you're gonna make an idol release, this is what you should do. 
Yeah, it's it's always a sad moment when the innovators become the the uh, standard bears, almost, I guess. But I don't know. That that seems praise, and I, I don't know if that's a good way to like. I, I don't know if this is worth praising because uh, it's just so for, it's so forgettable at the end of the day. I was like, I was like, I listened to this track two, three hours ago. I I couldn't begin to tell you what the melody sounded like. Yeah, uh, it's mean, just so forgettable. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's it like I probably said last time. It was just all right. It's very un, it's very forgettable. It's very just eh at this point for what AKB is doing. And it is what it is at this point. I I've grown to accept that AKB, honestly should just hang it up or just make just one group and just continue off of that because the 48s and and to a point to the 46s don't have that gr- the grip on the the community as much as they did i mean they're only going to be doing that because they're the only other big name groups for idol for female idol groups in town for the japanese market and there's not much after that but Regardless, Doshimo Kimigaskida, so the wonderful 53,453 copies. And going on up to number seven, it is Ding Ding Dong by Ballistic Boys from Exile Tribe. And, oh boy, you talk about, you know, trying to stand out and and go apart from what you're going to the past and just regressing instead. This is a perfect textbook of regression right there <laughs> because this just sounds like a debut song by them I, I I do agree with your sentiment on on this uh, it is definitely very much something that you would have heard in close to the, like their launch and I, I really feel like in a lot of ways they've really moved past this so for them to kind of do a song like this again a little disappointing uh ding ding dong i i didn't care much for it uh i will say i i have hit the plus sign because i loved the 2b tracks uh they they were a lot better all about you and lonely i loved i you know that like that to me was really where the the money was at with this release uh i i loved those two tracks but um ding ding dong like well it's all right, I guess. And I, I just think there, there's this attitude amongst boy groups that they have to have a release like this every once in a while. Because uh, everybody kind of does a song like this every once in a while. And you're like, well, you know, we got to be like everybody else and have this one like super mega heavy dance number that just doesn't really work. And Well... Uh, the only the only bite that I'll go up against what you just said is this is Exile Tribe. If you've known their history, they've been always the dance vocal group. So obviously, dance is going to be a part of it. <laughs> as much uh, as well, okay, that's to, true. To, to our to our discouragement, the the reason why there's only three vocalists in a eight-person group is because the rest rest of the guys are dancing. Okay, that that is a very, very fair point. But I, I want to say, like, there's more than one style of dance. Uh, you know, there, there's 
because you know, I like music I can dance to. I'm not an anti-dance guy. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm quite the opposite. I love the dance, but um, th- there's just like this. You can have like a upbeat rhythm style dance, or you can have like this club bass beat dance. And, and I this this also ding ding goes, dong goes for the latter. And this kind of also goes in point of exile was known for this <laughs> and as an offshoot of exile <laughs> unfortunately it is what it is i mean this this is dime a dozen now for for them for, for the tr- exile tribe specifically i i can't excuse this kind of release now when johnny's does it then i will have a problem with it but for me this is not this is not surprising i'm, I'm not surprised that they have a song like this hell all of them all the all the exile tribes groups have done a release like this within the year because of the fact of where they are and what type of group they are hell the label that they're called is called rhythm zone for god's sake so of course there's going to be a dance heavy dance centric group or number in their releases somewhere so i'm not surprised i'm honestly like a lot of the the gripes that with, with this particular song with ding ding dong specifically i'm not surprised but i will have a problem if johnny's starts doing this and they have been which is the reason why i have a gripe with this types of styles of songs but for for exile tribe specifically i'm not i as much as i don't like it and i know you were continuing on saying you didn't agree with it i'm not surprised that this song releases because of the fact that where they are what this particular subgroup is exile has been known to have done this throughout the years and uh, LDH, I should say, has been known to have done this throughout the years. So I'm not not surprised of the club dance thing, of of the 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 group overall. So that that that's my whole two cents about this particular release. And I agree with you, Gray. The the B side tracks have been phenomenal, and I honestly wish that they led with that instead of Ding Ding Dong, because Ding Ding Dong could have been a a much a better B side track, I think personally yeah because and i want to say you made a lot of great points uh and everything that you said you're right is rhythm song it is what they're known for i'm not oblivious to that yeah but (laughs) you know it's just it's it's sad that when it happens but i'm not surprised it's sad when it happens but i'm not surprised to be honest (laughs) i mean to be fair i wasn't surprised when i heard it either i was like well you know it, it is it is ballistic boys at the end of the day it is ballistic boys but you know they they've done dance heavy numbers that i love a lot you know like like they have like, like they really can drop great bangers when they want to uh but I, to me just like ding ding dong doesn't quite work as a whole and you know regardless before we kind of go in, into into here over this you know th- it sold very well, you know, 54,691 copies for the month. And, you know, very well for 50, 50-ish copies. It's it's kind of sad to say because once we kind of get to five, it kind of just, uh, it kind of just peaks after that. But regardless, let's continue on to number six here. And it is, it is Kizuna no Kiseki and Koi Kogare by Man With A Mission and 
millet for that matter and this is part of i believe the one of the one of the arcs for yaiba i, I don't know but i know it was part of yaiba because millet is is being tied to that 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 style now instead of lisa which makes no goddamn sense but it is what it is <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's it's all right i i just thought i'm like yeah it's a man with a mission song with a female vocalist this time with millet it's not the the gripes that i have with man of the mission is still still there to be honest it wasn't fixing anything <laughs> and to be an anime song I don't know what the hell they were going for. <laughs> I I agree 200% with you except I wound up liking the song. So like that that's like the one thing is I, I kind of liked it. No, I didn't I didn't like it enough to hit the plus sign, but I I did kind of wind up liking it. But I have a lot of the same thoughts and complaints you have. It's like like what what's going on with this track? Who is it for? Because uh, it's just, it's really weird. It's a little all over the place. And, you know, I, I think Millet does a good job vocally on uh, uh, Kizuna no Kiseki and uh, Koi Ko, uh, Kogare. But I just, as a whole, I was like, well, you know, I liked it. I, I, I didn't hit the plus sign on it because honestly, I just don't see myself re-listening to it a whole lot. But I was like, well, it, it's all right. I didn't even know it was attached to an anime until we sat down and started talking about it. But once you said what it was attached to, I was like, that makes a lot of sense, giving what I heard. So I was like, well, yeah. And I will agree with you that it's weird that Millet's kind of become the poster child as far as like the music for Yaiba goes. Because like Lisa was the one that really put them on the map. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what Lisa's do currently doing. Uh, I don't know if she's moved on to other projects or she's taken a break. But you know, it's kind of weird that Millet's kind of stepped into that role now. And it's now she's been releasing stuff. It's just because we don't cover digital anymore, uh, or a weekly gotcha, basis, yeah. we just don't see her. So she's been releasing stuff, but it just hasn't been the hit that it has been. So, yeah, like, like Garenge really put her on a whole nother level, uh, and yeah, honestly, I, I would think Homura did that, but oh, that's true too. But I also think because of the fact that I think they're just doing a two-song act because this was chart in part of a movie. So, I, I think that maybe Millet will be done after this, and whenever they do the next season, whatever the hell that may be. I, and I think they only have one or two more seasons in them, because they're catching up to where the, the manga is very fast, apparently, according to to how my other friends are, are inhaling this content. But Yeah, there's only, like... Uh, the manga only ran for, I think, like 203 chapters, so... I, I can only imagine there being like another season, maybe two, uh, mm. before they they run out of content. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is they're going to do a, a a a season into a movie, and the movie's the end of it because they they know that's probably where they can get the most money off of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was. They, I could see them doing that or doing something similar, like they did with Attack on Titan, because it's been what the final season of Attack on Titan since twenty eighteen. But the thing is with Attack on Titan, um, with Attack on Titan, the, the the way that they've been doing is is they're not getting money off of it. They they know that both times that that Demon Slayer can get money in the theaters. So if I was smart, if I was charged of planning this, I would do the last season and then the movie is where you see the end. Because then people would need to pay money to watch the movie <laughs> instead of just waiting for it to be aired across two and a half years. <laughs> I, I will say that is very smart. So Because uh, I, already, I could see that. I, I would. I already know that if I release a movie of this anime, it was going to be bangers. If Mugen Train is any correlation, and I guess whatever the this this one this particular arc was attached to, I have no idea. But yeah, no. If if I was them and I was smart in planning this out, I would specifically do the uh, one season, plan it all the way up into the end, and then do the final battle as the movie. So I can get all the money, all that royalty, all that money. But that's just me. <laughs> hey, I think you're onto something. So we'll see how it turns out. But they could but, also do. They could. I. They could do like what they did with Mugen Train, and still release those as anime episodes. I could see them doing I, that too. But, Try to double at, dip. But at that point, it would be done. <laughs> I already made my money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair too also they, they caught a lot of flack for that so I, I don't know if they'd pull the same trick twice I'm pretty sure they're doing it right again but regardless Kizuna no Kiseki and Koi Kogare sold a wonderful 58,445 copies for this month and going on up to number 5 it's Hare Hare by Twice now it's been a while since we've seen Twice in, in the physical realm for charts here and it's nice to see them, to be honest. And like I said, what I was doing earlier, it's 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 been a year and almost a year and a half since their last Japanese release from Donut. So obviously, it's been a while since we've seen them. Anyway, they've done their album and they've done their world tour, and their subgroups of Miss Sanmo or whatever the hell is gonna have a debut, which is all the Japanese members. So the twice is going to be on the high horse for a while for this this year and for a hare hare i thought for me i didn't catch a wave to that point uh, the b-side for this release this shows that you know there's still going to be the bar in terms of k-pop for J k k k female idol pop music they're there it shows there's still the queen of of what they're doing because of this release because it's a decent release and it's very poppity enough and it doesn't it doesn't do the usual things that i think modern k-pop idols have been going falling into as of late for me and this shows that twice on a general level can appeal to all listeners not just the k-pop style of listeners yeah, no, I, I agree with your sentiment. I love, oh, 
Well, okay. I liked Hare Hare. Uh, I I don't know. I might actually add this. I might hit the plus sign on it. I've not done so as of this recording, but sometimes I go back and add hit a plus, and I did. I thought this was really good. It was nice to hear from twice again because it's it's been a minute. Like like you said, I know they've been busy. They've been touring, and I'm certain they've had like a lot of digital stuff come out, but. Uh, just to see them pop up on the charts like this was really nice. Uh, I liked Harley Hare. I liked Catch a Wave too. I thought that was a pretty solid B-side for this. So overall, I thought this was a great release and it's nice to see twice again. Uh, to me, they stand out in all the right ways. Uh, they, they have fun, catchy music typically, uh, and uh, they sound a, a a little different from everything else. They have a pretty unique sound, and uh, I think they do a great job. So uh, this was nice, and uh, I am looking definitely looking forward to hearing what what they come up with next. So that'll be fun. Yeah, for for this release, you know, it sold very well. We're already at the hundred thousands at number five here. You know, they they blow past of number six here. And their their releases for this month was hundred sixty two thousand nine copies, and that's that's phenomenal to already have reached a hundred thousand at this point in in the the charts here. So, good for them. I, I'm looking forward to what Misanmo is going to do, which is the Japanese members, because I believe they're going to do their debut single pretty soon. And once that happens, I'm pretty sure it's going to be very, very popular because the Japanese members are going to love the Japanese side a lot more. <laughs> they want to support that side more. But yeah, I could easily see that. Regardless, let's move on to number four here. And I'm just going to spoil this right here. It's all Johnny's. It's all Johnny's from here on out. And it's very interesting to see how controlling of the market johnny's had in june because up until the end of june they had a release a week and those releases all made the all made the charts here so let's continue on to number four and it is shiawase no hana by johnny's west now they're the Kansai versions of the the junior groups here, like Nani Niwo and Danchi there, and I just thought this was all right. I it's very Johnny's, it's very very Johnny style. So I just thought it was all right here. Yeah, no, I, I like this. I really like the way that the chart kind of fell in because uh, I think like as we climb up the chart, uh, it gets better, uh, and I I like. Johnny's West, uh, and I, I remember when something new dropped, I went out and bought it, stuff like that. I, I, I like Shiawase no Hana, but I, I will say of the Johnny's releases that we're going to talk about today, this was the weakest. Uh, it's very by the numbers. I, I like it. It's an enjoyable song, and I love the spirit behind it. It is definitely uplifting, and definitely a song like if you're having like a bad day if you're in like a down mood i would play this to help lift me out of it i think it's definitely in that vein of really giving you positive energy and putting positive energy in the world and kind of making you happy but uh on a whole like it, it's a little safe for johnny's west and uh is very much a traditional 
in, in traditional style Johnny song. Uh, like I said, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. If if I was living in Japan, I might would pick up the single. I didn't like it enough to import it. I will tell you that much. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there's one. There's one song. Okay, the, the one and two I would import in a heartbeat if I had the money. I don't. You should. You should have told me. I I was there. <laughs> I, well, when you go back. Well, uh, when you go back. It, if you go back later on in the year, I, I will let you know, and I'll send you some money. So just just, re- just remind me. Well, I, I would say remind <laughs> me, but we both have memories of goldfishes here. So yeah, I, I, I I've got something I still need to send you. I have not forgotten. But anyways, <laughs> uh, back on topic. Uh, but yeah, this. Uh, I, I like I said, I did like it. It it was my least favorite of the four that we're going to talk about. But, uh, I, I, I did. I, I did like this. I, I thought it was good. It was a little bit on the weak side. Uh, and Johnny's West can do better. I, I think that's like the other thing is they, they can do better. But for what it is, I thought it was likable. Maybe a little bit on the forgettable side. Because honestly, in a year, I don't know if I'll remember this track either. But um, still, for what it was, I did like it. But yeah, I mean, regardless, Xiao Se no Hana sold a wonderful 221,375 copies here. Going on up to number three here, it's Dear My Lover and Ura Omote by Heisei Jump. Now, it's very interesting because we got to see two different sides of Heisei Jump here. And, you know, Dear My Lover was more the traditional Johnny style with Ura Uda Omote being a little bit more the dancier side. And I appreciate both releases. I, I really like to gear my lover just a bit more personally, but for for me, I, I'm I'm I'll, I'll play slightly devil's advocate. I, I liked uh, Okay, I'm not playing. I am I'm gonna be devil's advocate on this one. Uh I I loved Ula Omote. I, I just it, it's it's that dance that I like. Uh, I don't mm. like. It's it's nice. It's the one thing that surprised me is, and I'm curious if it's true because sometimes with Johnny's they'll still shorten the YouTube video of it. So I'm curious to see if it's the same length on the album or the the, it's, the physical. It seems release. like they, I'm I'm pretty sure they had to cut a chorus a chorus line out, and that's pretty much the okay. Movie, so. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it because it it's really short and and one of the things that I li- that I really drew me to it was it it's a dance that does it's a style of song that if it was a lot longer I think would way overstay its welcome but it's short track time makes me like it gives me just enough to where it's like I want more uh not much more, but I do want more, and it just it works for what it is, and I I, I did I, I liked it a lot. But dear my lover, I I did like. I thought that was a really good song, and I felt like Heisei Jump's vocals in that release was really good, uh, and really well done overall. And and it was nice. It was nice. Dear my lover being a more traditional Johnny's number. It, it's good 
to compare and contrast the two, really. But uh, it, it surprises me, because I know Johnny's loves their double A-side releases. I'm surprised Hasty Jump was the only group of the four that we're going to talk about that had a double A-side. So that that was the other thing that I was a little surprised by, but I did. I, I liked both of these songs. Uh, I, I did like Ura, Ura O Mot mote a little bit more because like i said it, it's nice it's short it hits for me it just hit, hits just right but i could see that not being everybody's favorite song i could see that easily not being everybody's favorite song and uh i but i i liked it quite a lot so i, I thought it was a i thought it was a good release overall and kudos for them for number three but yeah Regardless, this week it sold a lovely uh, 259,605 copies. And going on up to number two, it is Kokara by Stones here. And, yeah, no, I, I, I actually really like this. It's, it's all right. It was an all right release by Stones. It showed me what, you know, it, it showed me another side of them that I haven't really seen in a long time. And I'm just happy for them to have this style of release again. Yeah, so, you know, earlier when we were talking about Ballistic Boys, we were talking about dance music and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I didn't like Ding Ding Dong. I love Kok Kala. I love this track. This is fun. I, I love everything about it. I love the melody. I love the vocals in it. I, I love the attitude, the style. This whole track just comes together so well. And I absolutely loved it. I actually think I like this track a little bit more than I do number one. Uh, I just... I, the moment I put it on, I started dancing and... Uh, my wife was folding clothes, and I went up to her, and I started well, dancing. Another thing uh, is too, because the particular this particular composition is very your style of music too. Not 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 so much the dance part, but the composition itself. It has that swing style of composition. Uh, that is true. That it is much more. In that style of composition that I love, because uh, it's it's I, I do I like and I, as a and as a high pace style of composition, it, you know it. This is what Stones honestly should rely on a little bit more. To be perfectly honest, to be different from how King and Prince is. And if you look at the the sales sales numbers, it's they were fairly close to each other. Uh yeah, I mean Stones is I mean within spitting distance of number one. I mean they they got really close to touching it. They're they're, they're and, striking distance of, of taking yeah. it, and you know we haven't seen this level of composition between Johnny's groups in a long time, and it's it's really interesting to see it right before our eyes like again you know when we first started none of these groups existed 
and it's very fun to kind of see this live right right in front of us. Uh, it is wild and crazy, and I'm loving every minute of it. I, I really am because, like, to to see like just the popularity of these group, you know, being there from the first release, and just seeing <laughs> eye these rolling, guys... eye rolling from their first release. I should. I oh should my lord! That. When they dropped DD, if you would that day, I heard that song and been like. In a year, you're going to love Stones. I would have laughed at you. But uh, then, it, then it I saw the honestly, Kohaku, and it just... It was it honestly the Kohaku clicked. effect. It was the Kohaku yep. bump there. It literally converted you. Uh, it, it converted me, and also it was the first track that... Because it was that year that they also chipped in with the, the Disney, and I think they sung a part with Hyde as well and and I got to really hear their vocals and I I heard some of the best singing I've ever heard in my life in those performances like they were so good they were like they really moved me uh, to, to a group that I genuinely did not like to being not their biggest fan but definitely an ardent fan of them and i get excited every time i see stones now uh every time like they're they're on the charts i'm hyped i'm eager to hear what they have in store and every every like i think they've had like one or two releases after that kohaku appearance i didn't like but the quality of music that they've had that Per- that personally I like has been way hitting me way more, uh, and I have been absolutely loving these guys. Kokara is just another step in the right direction, uh, like just such a fun, fantastic release. Uh, I would, I would happily you know max out the volume in my car, my my car stereo to this and just blast it to the heavens i loved this release and uh this i'm gonna say it i could be wrong i think this might be my favorite stone song so far like it it is that good i i loved it and i am just like i said if i had the money it would be on its way (laughs) Right now, it'd be on its way to me, but and, sadly, you know, like I like I said earlier, the 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 style of composition is literally made. It was tailor made for you because it has the sax and all that. It's a very jazzy style of composition. It was just like, hey, great, we made this song for you, and we have vocalists that can cover it. Go nuts! <laughs> it literally yeah, seems that it does, way. <laughs> it it is it does feel like it was made for me because this is. Like I don't want to say it's everything I'm looking for in music because I'm always you know different songs give you different things but oh man I I, I love this the the only I think the only way they could probably beat this for me this year uh, is if sometime in the fall they drop one banger of a ballad and they could easily yeah. do that they, they could and very they could easily do, the, do that they, and they, I they hope could they do, do that, that for the winner they can honestly do that yeah. for the winner <laughs> oh yeah so easy 
And uh, I, I, and the, I mean, they do great ballads. Uh, it's, you know, it'd be. I'm I'm curious. I'd like to listen to a lot of King and Prince ballads, a lot of King, uh, Stones ballads, and maybe Snowman. In between the three, compare their ballads and see which one has the oh, stronger King, ballad uh, game. For for me, it's King and Prince, and that's that. that as a vocal as a vocal group i think king and prince is probably the strongest while all the members all three groups have really good vocal range i think for ballad wise because of the fact that the type of ballads that they make is going to be johnny style ballads and johnny style ballad king and prince is literally king of johnny's right now <laughs> so <laughs> i mean that that's true but i, I don't like i, I think st- it's been a minute since I've heard a Stones ballad, and so I'm like, it's like I, but I know like their vocals are just amazing. So uh, I need to go through and their discography and listen to some ballads because I'm in the mood for some some good slow music with some great harmonization. I, I'm in the mood for that. Uh, and King of Prince has some fantastic ballads, but regardless, you know, overall, I. Really appreciate Kokara with Stones here, and you know, like I said, it's within striking distance here at five hundred fifteen thousand five hundred eighteen copies here. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to number one here, and it is Nani Mono by King and Prince. Now, this is the first release I believe that King and Prince has done since their rejiggering of their member groups and i think they're only a duo now so it's it's very interesting to see it this way and honestly as a reintroduction kind of single to everything i think nani mono is a really great release to be honest because it's not too johnny's by the number johnny's it still has that essence of yeah we're a very uppity group but their vocals really carry this track. Yeah, this is a fantastic release and definitely a, g- a good reintroduction. I I I've just recently learned that they they just lost the the other members of King and Prince. Sorry, I've, I I feel bad because you know part of part of our job is, is you know kind of be up to date on some of the news and they're they're the missing members of king of prince is kind of a big deal and we we were missing that last week me and luna were so uh we i do owe a small apology for that oversight but uh yeah this was a really good really uh like ken said a good reintroduction to the group that kind of uh establishing the status quo of what king and prince is and what they're probably going to be going forward uh, so, uh, time remains, uh, but, uh, these two are fantastic. Uh, Ren and Kaito are really great vocalists and they really have a good synergy with each other. And I think they do a good job together with this release. I, I, I like Nani uh, Moto, not as much as I wound up, as I did, uh, Kokara, but still, this is a fantastic track uh, with amazing vocals, great harmonization. Uh, it's really, really good, and I just, you know, you gotta applaud these guys 
uh, for continuing on in spite of everything going on around them. Um, yeah, you know, it, sh- it's, it's very it's very interesting overall that they kept the king and prince name. I mean, everyone left. I mean, hell, their leader left, which is Yuta Kishi here, and I'm, I believe both leaders from king and prince, which was Sho Hirano as well, left. And so the fact that they're continuing the king and prince name a, is very interesting because you know I think they want to be able to keep that record for the most part of how they are doing Wicking and Prince. But it's it's interesting that they just didn't start over again. And it's very rare for for Johnny's for that matter to add on members. So I, I think they're just gonna be a duo from here on out now. That would make sense. And we've seen groups uh not well, I mean, I, there's, there's a couple of Johnny's Duo groups out there, uh, but the, the group that came to my mind that you know still around and still you know whether you know whether you still like their music or not, it's debatable. But Toho Shenki, you know, they they were a bigger group. Now they're just down to two, and they've been down to two for what ten years now. Yeah, they've been down to two for a while now. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, th- I threw out ten. I knew it's. I know it's been a long time since you know. You know, like a lot of that group's left too, uh, and you know they they you know the two remaining members have soldiered on, and you know they they still do pretty good in the charts and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, King and Prince, y- you know, could still definitely you know Ren and Kaito could you know still just be getting started and. You know, plan plan on doing this another ten years or something. So who knows how things are going to go? But uh, definitely interesting, and I'm very eager to see where they go from here because uh, it'll be different. That is for certain. It'll be very different. Yeah. Regardless, you know this. It sold very well. You know, I believe you guys talked about it last week. That you know, it took number one, and, and it still sold over a half a mil here at five hundred forty-three thousand seven hundred forty-eight copies, and good for them. Like I said, it's this was a nice reintroduction to King. In this iteration of King and Prince, they they've done it before, and they'll still keep doing this after when Gen- when Genki when Genki left right before their or right soon after their debut, you know, they, they soldiered on. And now, I'm very interested to see what will happen with the other members because of the fact that they just left Johnny's in general. They didn't leave the group. They left Johnny's in general. So it'd be very interesting if they'll join Genki in, in that part in his solo career or make a new group with Genki because, you know, they do have that camaraderie of growing through the Johnny system together. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, the former members ultimately wind up doing uh, and stuff. So, uh, you know, it could be interesting, and it would be very interesting if the 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 all the past members form a, like a rival group uh, and start <laughs> really charting. Like, I you know, I I could see it. And it'd be really cool and interesting, and I'm here for it. So, uh, ho- you know, hopefully, you know, because they're they're great vocalists, and y- y- I understand, you know, a part of why they had to leave. But 
you know, they're great vocalists. I, it's, I would hate to see, you know, their talents just kind of peter out. Uh, you know, th- I think they made the world a better place by performing and singing. And, you know, I would love for them to come back into the industry in some way, shape, form, or fashion. doesn't have to be under Johnny's. probably won't be. But it would be nice to still see them making music, still making so, fans smile. It looks... It looks like Sho Hirano and one of the Utahs, Utah Jing Jing Guji, has has made a new group, and it looks like they're going to be pairing off together, and they'll, they'll they'll probably have a a new release here fairly soon. It'll be very interesting. I believe it's called uh, their group is called Two B. So okay, that'll space, be interesting. This, this the space is very interesting because it just it looks like Tobe. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah. N- now y- Utah Ki- uh, Utah the the previous leader, th- he is still with Johnny's up through September, so mm. he could join them after after that. Obviously, he can't join them before then, but he's yeah. staying on with. Johnny uh, to, 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 to his his contract kind of buys out. What's probably going to happen, which is the reason why they haven't really released anything yet. So they they've been having these YouTube live stuff where they've been kind of teasing what they're going to do. But you know, it'll be uh, very interesting to to see what's going to happen with uh, to be here now. But. I, I'm more for it. It'll be very interesting because, you know, we have seen some success with people that were in the Johnny system and make it into the solo market. Yama P is one of them. <laughs> and it'll be very interesting to see otherwise. But regardless, let's kind of go over the albums real fast here. Nothing of really good notes because Johnny's just took over everything. So, you know, nothing of note really to to kind of point out here and besides snowman snowman i do me their third album which is i i'm still mad that they didn't still never said uh or continue with the s3 label like i said their first their first two albums was snowmania s1 and snow labo s2 i'm so mad they never continued on with an s3 type of label here but it is what it is <laughs> And we have like all these Korean groups. We have Sexy Zone on there as well, and then N Team, which is another group that I might say with uh, first hauling hyphen we. So, but regardless, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this wonderful episode of Ungakudu. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Ungakudu. D- on Twitter and Instagram, and follow the website where we talk about the Japanese music releases at omgakadu.com. You can also follow us on our affiliates. You can check out Koryu Hunter, who is a variety streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out TimberTaff, who is a Velo variety streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out Luna's sister, Rose, who is probably very excited about all the new releases for Final Fantasy. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Kitty R-A-I-N-S-C-A-R-K-A-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate author 
Fangirl Has No Name, you can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where me, Timber, Kyo, and Fangirl talk about the music or the gaming releases at Podasource. Our last episode that we ended up doing, we talked about a bunch of things. We talked about Tears of the Kingdom. We talked about Detroit Become Human. Beep boop bop boop. We talked about changes within the series. So that was something that I had a lovely talk about. And also the roundup of not E3 E3. But yeah, you can check that out by looking up Curio Hunter. Same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services you can follow me on twitter at otycam1 where i talk about bang dream i know about roboco robo and joshi pro wrestling where can we find you gray you can find me on twitter at ongaka gray where i tweet about what i'm watching what i'm playing all that fun jazz if you're interested in what i'm up to just follow me there but yeah and you can follow luna at lunamarie87 on the twitters as well but yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this wonderful episode of Ungakuryu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Bye-bye. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here next time. Bye-bye.